This podcast contains explicit language, really explicit language. Listeners of this show should be advised that we will deal with a cult that has certain ideas that are... Um... They're fucked, Paulina. Yeah, they're really fucked. We'll be dealing with all the ist, oughts, and ites. Racists, bigots, anti-Semites, misogyny, certainly. And ooh, eugenics. Kicking it old school with eugenics. Certainly a very old way to be racist. But you've got to remember, MGTOW and everything we're talking about is a cult. Uh, No matter what they say, nothing they say is real. And we love you. We absolutely love you. Thank you for coming along on the ride. And we're sorry already. (laughs) (laughs) A clip coming up later in the show. Mm Mm-mm. What it came down to was I was being disrespected in my house, knowingly disrespected by someone who I have told on multiple occasions that you are disrespecting me by this behavior and this behavior. You should desist this behavior and this and behavior under these circumstances. And I agree, you have totally the right to be angry at that. You should be very upset at that. Under yeah. these circumstances. Um, and then he just wanted to provoke until it came to a, con- until it came to a conclusion. He, was, he wanted an emotional response and he got one. To be honest, it kind sounds of gave him like what he wanted, except that he didn't. Sorry, what was that? He kind of, uh, I kind of gave him what he wanted, and it kind of wound up being not something that he wanted. It sounds like you two are a bad he, pair, uh, either way. It sounds like. Oh yeah, no, no, we we suck as yeah, friends. It does sound that way. We weren't good friends. I I'm a toxic person. I I can't make, I can't make and maintain, uh, solid relationships. If I do, it's not really that, like, I will leave at some point in time. I won't leave it on, like, a shitty type of thing. It's just all, the word is ghost. I'll just kind of get up and take off. I'm my dad's son. You know, I've had my fill of this job, and I'm moving on to the next thing. And it's not that, like, I won't hit my, those friends who I, you know, uh, I don't talk to anymore back up. Next time I see them, it's still like, oh, what's up? High fives. How's your daughter? And all that other fun stuff. It's just that I'm not... I'm not there to be in it, you know. I'm I'm just there, kind of enjoying the scenery before I Are move on. Are you afraid on. that your friends will abandon you when you make a friendship? Not really. I I just kind of see it as being an inevitability. An inevitability. Well, I can relate with that too. I've had a lot of bad friends. You know, that's a really tough place to be in, because they aren't your kid, you know, or your brother. Um. They're just some person, and you elevate them in your mind. And it's hard to be a forgiving person. Mm. You know, that's a, that's a difficult road to toe. You know. It's, uh, it's the hardest. I kind of think you need some type of, uh, like, uh, going to church was one of the best decisions I had ever made, and leaving church was also one of the best decisions I had ever made. What you are about to hear is the Hashtag Cult Podcast. What is a Hashtag Cult? Hashtag Cults are groups that signal membership by using a hashtag or keyword. This allows the group to operate on many different sites and makes them difficult to pinpoint. They use the hashtag model to spread propaganda on a variety of social media platforms without having a central account. This is usually because their ideas are offensive or their methods of communicating are abusive and border on website policy violations. In this show, 
We will show you the coercive groups and cults hiding in plain sight on the internet. I'm Mike Fallick, co-host of the Hashtag Cult podcast. You've just heard that clip in the beginning there. Um, we are a podcast, by the way, if this is your first episode, stop. Start at the beginning. This is a sequential podcast. But we are a team making a podcast about the cult named MGTOW, an online group that um, indoctrinates young men who are confused about the world of women, which even in, say, in saying this project, you have to describe things like the word manosphere and the world of women and getting women. And I've got to say, it makes me die. So one of the things that we do on this show is we take our raw interviews and we break them down and uh, talk about them in terms of what we're thinking about our documentary. Uh, we're some of the, we're, I want to remind people, if you don't remember in the first episodes, we're one of the only, if not the only, group to get an anonymous interview with members of this cult, which on top of not just this cult, but like all cults, that's kind of rare to get a current member who wants to be kept anonymous um, to jo- to be involved in, a, in an interview. Um, we're going to continue my interview with Codename Tom. I reached out to Tom in the comments section of our own video, and uh, we've talked about Tom since. Um, In the last episode, we talked about Tom sort of skating this line between being emotional himself and uh, not wanting emotions in the world, blaming the emotional person as as the the, the problem. And the clip we just heard is in reference uh, to him hitting someone because... They were mean to him in his home. Um, And so some of our clips in the beginning here have to do with that. This first clip has to do with that. I mentioned at the end of the clip about him hitting his friend because he called him gay and Muslim was the reason, if you don't remember on the last episode, why he needed to hit his friend. I, I accused Tom of being the emotional one and sort of landed on, you know, seems like you guys are a bad pair. And what we've heard about MGTOW and other red pill cults and what we've heard about cults in general is you feel isolated. You feel isolated from the people around you. And so I asked Tom about being isolated from his friendship and whether or not he had good friendships since MGTOW. You accuse me of, of being or thinking something that isn't accurate or true. I'm going to tell you it's not accurate or true. I'll tell you what, uh, what, what is accurate or true uh, from my perspective. And then hit and me if, if I you keep continue, doing it. Like after, well, if you if you continue like, like uh, what is it? Yeah, exactly. You know, like, hey, you wear a dress. I don't wear a dress. You wear a dress. You wear a dress. And every time you see that guy, you wear a dress. You wear a dress. I'm gonna stick you if you don't shut up. And then you stick well, him. It's very childish, but you know. I think both that's, actions that's are childish. But uh, let's say it this way. Let's say you're hanging out with me and I'm gay, and I'm telling you about a date I've been on. Are you? Am I? Are you asking I'm if I'm sorry, gay? I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Um, no. Um, I definitely think that sexuality is a spectrum. Obviously, I like the sight of my own penis, 
I watch pornography with men in it. Um, you know, having sex with women. I don't really have any attraction to men uh, in any actionable way. Are you gay? Mm. No. Uh, I get accused of it quite often. You use the word accuse. What? what? Uh, it's, it's, uh, because to me, anything that, uh, that someone comes by and puts on you is generally an accuse. It's not, not like a me. Question. Most of the people who've asked me if I'm like gay that. are interested in me, interested in setting me up with someone. It's all out of love. Uh, no, that's not, you have, you have healthy relationships with people with, with, you know, you, you're not attracted to the way I am, permanently attracted to uh, the darker side of life. You're, you, you like the happy bubbly things. It's fucking fantastic. Now, Tom, you've asked me nothing about my life. Mm -hmm. So how do you know I'm making, attracted oh, to the happy look at bubbly you. things? I can tell by your beard. Okay. What about my beard? If this is like a beard, Mancy? You can tell stuff from a beard? Nah, I was yeah. joking. Um, I, I, uh, I did make an assumption about your personality type. I assumed it was that way because of your uh, persistence that other people see the world in a more positive light. Uh, as exampled here with me and uh, with, the, with the one video I saw of you. Now my friend, friend it, like your friend, acted like an idiot. So I think when doing these interviews... Is your voice can't crack. <laughs> when doing these interviews, ooh, I almost gave it a Tim Allen there. <laughs> when give when doing these interviews, you have to kind of choose where you're going with these things. And a cult member, from the small amount of experience I've had, is kind of all over the place. So <laughs> you've got to be very much knowing what the choice you want in what you're saying and what you're asking for. And so my initial instinct was to ask about the cult stuff, was to ask about, well, this is a relationship with emotions like he's been going on with, um, going on about this relationship with uh, viewing other men as wrong. Uh, some of you, Tom's views on violence are very odd. So, but I couldn't get past the comment of someone called me gay and I hit them in a group that doesn't really understand sexuality. And an idea came up, an idea that has then come up since then, which is not just homosexuality, but asexuality, which the group is sort of portending, if you don't know, if it's not clear by now, asexuality in their equation gives you superpowers. MGTOWs believe that you shouldn't have sex, you shouldn't masturbate in the hopes of focusing on your own life. Well, that's a little bit of a weird perversion of asexuality. So it came up, and here's what happened. If you had a, if, if you had a, uh, in order for me to get an idea, because I, I don't watch your show, I, I think I will start. Um, okay, lots of people don't watch my show. More of the world, even if yeah. I become incredibly popular, more of the world will not watch my show than watch it. Not enough English speakers. Uh, no, um, my, a lot of my movies are translated into other language, so that's not an issue for me. Oh, do you do a, a do you do movie analysis or? Uh, no, I'm a, I make, I make movies, I'm an animator, I'm a filmmaker, so a lot of my movies are either silent films, uh, to the extent that they're animation and are translated, so 
yeah, they, they get they, a lot of people all over the world see them, actually. And actually, a lot of non-English speaking countries is where I'm most popular, even in my English shows. You're calling me out on all my bullshit, dude. This is fantastic. I, I'm not calling you out. You asked about my life. I'm just giving you stats. I made assumptions. Yeah. And, uh, I, was and I think that the unfair like, uh, thing being done to you on the internet, Tom, is people making assumptions about you. And I think if anyone is ever mean to you on the internet on something they assume about your life, or if you've ever been mean to someone for something you're assuming, I don't agree with that. And as, that's getting worse and worse. And you know what? I'm happy you told me that because I'm going to start looking out for that. This to me is an interesting shift. Because the conversation starts with talking about, do you have a problem with gay people? And then it turns into really getting what Tom's current out, outlook on life is. Should someone say something fake about you, it's an accusation. And then it goes into a deeper thing, which is Tom's ability to alienate himself from everyone. So now it's not about gay or not. It's not about comfortability. It's not about accusations. It's that me, someone who's so cheery in life, can't ever get the idea that he wants to be negative. And the whole thing is weird, because honestly, I'm sort of a curmudgeon. And so this was a moment for me in listening back to it that I kind of started to get the effect of cults and sort of made me want to go really deep into understanding the cult experience. Because, yeah, I guess in theory, saying that uh, everything isn't an accusation is a more positive way, but I'm pretty curmudgeonly. I'm pretty open about not really liking people, about being unhappy with people. And to say that this video, he's referring to episodes, the few first few episodes, which we'll get back to, that those are me wanting people to be positive, uh, it's quite the opposite. It's me doing exactly what Tom is saying. It's me telling my friend, you're an asshole. You've got something wrong with your life and you've treated me like shit. I'm being pretty negative. I'm saying negative things about him, but I'm saying them about MGTOW. I'm saying them about his way of life. And the other stark thing that's really interesting is you'll notice as the interview goes on, Tom sorts to sort of ad to, to admit, you know, his faults and really open up to me and say where he has weaknesses and stuff. Um, and now having the relationship with Tom that I do, which is sort of random and online, he's gone back on these things. And it'll take time for Tom to come around. And like I've said, I'm not Tom's therapist. I'm a guy documenting this for a, for a movie. So the fact that Tom is going to waver and whatever, I can't fix everyone. In fact, there's a lot of people out there that I agree with with Tom. This ad, and we talked about this in the last episode, this attitude that you're solving the world's problems that you can solve it beyond the scopes of what your project is. We've gotten lots of nice messages from people. We've gotten really beautiful messages from people saying, I didn't think I was, I, I didn't realize I was in a cult. Now looking at it, I'm getting, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, closure and in investigating people who are out of cults. Um, I, my 
husband or boyfriend was like this and it ruined my life and it's, it's great to see that someone's documenting it. We get those messages. But you know what? That's coincidental. And there are people that I have to agree with, Tom. They take the ball and run with it and they decide everything has to be positive and they have to be this force of good. I'm a journalist. In the end, I don't have to say my reflections at all. I have to write Tom's down, which is difficult to explain to, to people in general, but no less to a group you're investigating, especially when there's this mental block of being in the cult. So that in mind, I want to talk about another moment in there which was I decided very early on that I had to take on my own uncomfortabilities. You hear me talk very frankly about pornography and sex. And I made a choice right at the beginning here when I knew this was about sex, even at the first intervention with my friend that we were recording, I would talk explicitly about my sex life and I would talk explicitly when asked about it and when challenged. Because I find coming from the world of dudes is there's kind of two things going on. If you enjoy the same sex thing and it's fairly conventional, men will talk about it. There's enough jokes about blowjobs to fill enough books to throw all those blowjob jokes into the sun. But if you're slightly different, those types of men don't really commiserate. And so I made this choice from the beginning that I knew in looking at how guys like that manipulate younger men, because I've been in these environments, I've played sports, I've been around guy guys. I knew that they would take these assumptions and things they thought I would be embarrassed to talk about and try and dodge questions. So why do I share here my, my views on porn and my, my place on the spectrum? It's to put it all out in the open. It's to shock the idea that he, despite investigating MGTOWs, not Tom entirely, I don't want this to be all on Tom, Tom and MGTOWs in general spend all this time investigating sex and they never really talk about sex. They talk about everything but sex. So Tom then asks me a question. If you had a doctrine for which you, you'd spend most of your life living by, what would that doctrine be? And you know I don't have an answer. I really don't. I don't live my life that way. I don't live my life by doctrine. And it's been a few months since interviewing Tom. At the end of this, I'll think I'll answer. But you know what? I want to say this. Who cares what I say? I'll answer at the end, but who cares, really, honestly? Even if it's some crack of wisdom, who really cares? Don't be hanging on at the end like I'm going to bring this whole episode together and be just like Mr. Rogers. You know, he was good at that, though. So maybe I could. I don't think I'm going to get that good, but who knows? I'll answer at the end here. But Tom answered. Tom had an answer right away. Um... It's, uh, it's Christianity, to an extent, uh, followed up by um, kind of a nihilism, to an extent, uh, followed up by you say uh, the H. hedonism. I like it. And that's, start saying the H. <laughs> it, are you not nihilism. 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 I, no, but don't, don't change. I think other people should change. It's a more fun way to say it. People will follow you. Right. It's a... Uh... All right, where were we at before we got all this? You were asking, like, uh, the, the gay accusation yeah. thing. Most people like, that have approached me to be... When someone... Whether or not I'm gay or not are wanting to date me 
or wanting to set me up with someone or just curious about my life? When it comes to me, it's usually because people, uh, the, the women around are interested. Uh, but for me, like, I'm not interested in women. Going back to looking at my mom uh, and how, you know, that whole, that whole fucked up scenario, I would rather not. And that was, the, uh, that was in middle school through high school. Those are very formative years. You learn a yeah. lot of your social skills in those years. You learn... Oh, I have none. And it's so awkward for everyone. Because you're... Imagine if a military example... You're building this tank while fighting in a battle. It's not going to work. No one comes out looking good. So, uh, I can understand how that would make you have negative emotions towards relationships. That's perfectly understandable. It sounds incredibly painful. You know? Uh, and if you don't have the whole backstory, all it would look like is like, this guy's not interested in dating women. He must be gay. Mm. So, hey, why don't you want to date my friend? You must be gay. And it, it will come it's out a as a horrible thing to say. So, we're seeing a pretty ardent religious belief, which Tom gets to later, the being forced to feel in a very conventional environment mixed with an abusive home. It doesn't take a lot to think that this guy might be vulnerable to joining a cult. But you know what? In the end, I just asked point blank. Are you asexual? Is this whole group some sort of thing to be avoiding maybe the understanding that you're asexual, maybe looking into this. Because we're actually going to talk to some people who identify as such, some ex-red pillars that identify as such. And so I wanted to know, pretty early on we had identified you're not masturbating, you don't want to be in relationships, and you're angry about it. Is this perhaps, perhaps, not just misogynistic heterosexual men being indoctrinated, but are there closeted gay people being in indoctrinated? Are there closeted asexuals? Are there people who don't even know these sexualities exist because they get all their information from straight dudes on the internet? So I asked, point blank. Um, I've never used that because I felt I feel like it would be more confusing. So I just say nominated chicks and it's just like, well, how come you don't have them? It's just like, I just suck at picking up chicks. That's not the case either. Mm. Why well, like, lie to people, though? want to date me. I just... Why lie to them? Because the lie is easier to explain than the complexity. We've been talking for like an hour. I, I mean... Like, I, don't, I just don't have that time. I would say that there's a great reason to lie, which is that it's, com it's complex. And there's real... From, from me to you, Tom... I think that these dwelling issues with your parents would make me feel really shitty to talk about my sexuality in front of other people. I, if I had those same areas, uh, I, I honestly, I can't, I can't imagine how tough it must be to explain. Like, I'm afraid that all these things that my parents did will happen to me and I'll just be living my shitty childhood again. I would lie probably And then too. the shaming language starts. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just avoided. Yeah. Best thing to do is avoid it. Uh, and, like, for real, like, my sexual life can best be described as exactly the same as the comedian Norm MacDonald's sexual life. Like, just look it up on the internet. He talks about it. 
The first thing he does is make a joke. I am a deeply closeted homosexual, but he says that in front of everybody, and that's the joke. Like, there's, there's, you know, how are you deeply closeted if you just told everyone? That's a joke. It's funny. But, uh, but really, he just, like, kind of doesn't fuck with women. He just, you know, he might have sex. He might sleep with a girl who will let him every once in a while. But uh, these are all... I love Norm MacDonald. But these are all jokes. They're exaggerations. No, no, the first thing's a joke. The first thing is a joke where, you know, like, uh, you know, how come I never see you with a woman? And, oh, it's because I'm a deeply closeted homosexual. Like, that's just not something you say to somebody. It's stupid. It's a stupid thing to say. It's not about that I, I'm incapable of making it happen. Just like when I was a kid, there are things that are not in my control which come by and just absolutely wreck your shit. Some of those things in my dad's case was, uh, you know, like a lawyer's commercial on a TV or something like that saying you can get you a divorce all cheap or you know other pretty dumb dumb things I didn't date yeah I didn't date my uh, I didn't date my brother's wife's friends because uh, if I were to have done that I would have been accepting the responsibility of upholding and living up to a bunch of imagery which uh, you know all these people would be there would be a a strong layer of hypocrisy under it because they're all church people too you and seem pretty positive about church. A lot of them in this conversation. No. Yeah, you're out of no, church. No, well, I mean, it's it's it it got, yeah. It's, like I said, you know, it was the best decision, and then leaving was the second best decision. You you know uh, what, what's your relationship with your sister? Uh, you know, we're fine. That's that's just completely fine. Uh, hit her up sometimes and on her birthday or whatever it's not like loving there's no it's it's hard to it's hard for me to express what other people call love because i just call it other things i the love thing doesn't it just kind of doesn't exist to me Uh, everything else around it exists but the concept is itself is is covered in fog and i just kind of gave up on that concept itself Um, let's let's see what the rest of all around it looks like and then so even for MGTOW or whatever, whatever group you're dealing with, it's not great to dwell, point out, or shine a spotlight on somebody's sexuality when they're uncomfortable. So I moved on. And to me, the most fascinating element of this whole thing, and it starts with, in the last episode, we talk about Tom's mom actually being there, being in his life, trying her best, not doing great, but she's there, and her being the enemy because she's a woman, or chicken or the egg, you know. Did he find the philosophy? And then she becomes the enemy. Was she already the enemy? Who knows? But I found two facts fascinating. One, the respect for women he actually knew that weren't incredibly terrible. This came out as a glaring problem for me. Not because I want him to be less disrespectful, but one piece of advice we were given consistently throughout investigating this was a thing called wonderment, creating a moment of wonderment. Now, what is that? Now, in a literal term, in terms of like asking someone, you can say the words, I wonder. And this will create from the advice experts gave to us, talking to anybody who's sort of lost their way, not just in cults. It lets them self-reflect. It gives them the opportunity to self-reflect. So if someone's, say, uh, exercising so much and 
you're concerned about their exercising. And they go, well, I, I, I just need to work out all the time. And you can go, I wonder why that is. You know, that's a great way to leave an open opportunity. I wonder. I wonder how that is. Now, the, the actual term, a, a sense of wonderment, what it is is saying something that points out the incongruities. And so for me, I was going to do that with Tom by asking about his sister and his grandmother who, and his family who seem to all be married currently. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, it's what he tells me. Now he's happy. He's, he's super happy with it. Uh, he couldn't be more happy with it. But at the same time, uh, he had already gone through one failed marriage and one kid that's in jail. And he, he figured out the same things I'm figuring out. That's why I go to him for, for Have you, you know, told him about your beliefs about women? No. If I did, he'd get all, he'd, he'd get upset fucking fast because it's the same thing. He would, he would assume that that's what I think about my grandmother, which it might be, but you know, who cares? I love grandma. She, she fucking raised one idiot, one fuck up, and, uh, you know, Tim. Yeah. So she, she did the best I, she could. I think a part of what I'll send to you eventually is that life is, is a lot of fuck ups. Most things you do are not successful. Yeah. But that doesn't indicate. This is what I was saying. This is what I was saying about simpletons in real life. Like the moment they see complexity, it is attacked because it's not the same as their simplicity. It's not in group. It's not tribe. This is complex. This is this is separate. Well, I I, I don't know that I that I quite understand that, you, but my, I think my version of tribe is different than your version of tribe. Well, I I, I don't know what tribe means, for example. Uh, the, is that a MGTOW have, term? Uh, like, uh, a, no, no, that's more of a gang mentality thing. Uh, you and your crew, or you and your crew, you all think the same way, you all do everything the same way, and uh, you all wear the same colors, essentially. And that but you're not in a gang anymore. Like a, like a tr- I was never in a gang. I got accused of that, too. I'm not, not going to get into that. But, uh, no, I'm not I'm not into the uh, that lifestyle at all anymore. But you are into this... I'm not into logic of it. Uh, I'm not into I'm not into anything except for my own complex life, which in itself is if you are you know a, a tribal thinker, if you are a, an in-group thinker, uh, in that simplicity is kind of the the staple of the in-group, and you are a complex person. Uh, you unless you can like unless you can really get people to understand the complexities, it's hard to become an in-group, or a person who's in a group uh, with, such a, with such an individualist mindset. Would you mind if I asked you a, a sort of tough question? Absolutely. Is your sister and grandmother... I mean, absolutely not. Go for it. ...after some sort of money in their life? Are they after it? Are they marrying no, men and manipulating men? Oh. <laughs> I mean, uh... Well, no, she's not. She's my sister. My grandmother is uh, four years older than me, and she's not. She's not in the dating game. When she Actually, was four her, years uh, younger, her investments. Was she manipulating? No, men? no, 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 no. Uh, no, no. She was a one man woman. Mm. They don't make them like that anymore, and uh, which is why when uh, my dad's dad got all you know like up in his up in his deal with like his drugs and and the other and the other abuse that happened there, she didn't remarry she tried her best to raise three men mm-hmm. 
That's that. That's common. And my that sister, generation. she's she doesn't have kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My sister doesn't have kids, uh, and the dudes that she dates uh, tend to be dumber than she is. She doesn't want to date someone smarter than so she is. So your sister is not. She doesn't want someone like trying to get men to get some financial gain. No, she's just. Uh, I don't really see it. She sticks with one boyfriend for an extended period of time. He might be like just as simple as everyone else around, but that works for her. It's it's kind of her her gig. She she likes her boyfriend now. Uh, uh, they they're not talking about marriage. They just want to both become successful people, and uh, they'll think about it later. She's she's a lot healthier than I was. I got her into church fast. Mm-hmm. Just to protect her yeah. from I'm getting from your tone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think your sister would be a great person to talk to because mm-hmm. I think that I don't think you have to want a girlfriend, first of all. I don't think you have to want friends. And I think that a lot of people probably looking at your group will say something odd like, well, everybody should want friends and a girlfriend. I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. And Tom continues here. um, And I'm just going to interrupt because it's mostly about the same subject. And I I think it speaks for itself, the complex nature of women he knows and comparing that to not creating more women like his mom in the world. I want to interject one thing, which is he says the word, it's been called a cope. Uh, It's sort of hard to understand. And it's a terminology I I don't know if Tom invented himself, but um, it's kind of a cope is what he's saying. It's like a coping mechanism. So that's just what I wanted to add. There might be a better way um, than, than this mentality. That, that's how I've evaluated the situation. And if you think that's fair, go ahead. You want me to tell me to fuck myself? That's also fair. It's been called a cope before, but uh, it's it really just depends on the entire situation. Uh, I lost my job because, which was very good play, uh, paying, by the way. Uh, well, what is very good paying? Like fifty thousand a year, sixty thousand, one hundred twenty. Yeah. Right. So I lost that due to being a complex person in front of a simple boss mm-hmm. who could not stand that anyone was more complex or better than him at anything. But it was a guy. So. Absolutely. Well, if you want to call him that, but yeah, it was a guy. Was he identified as male? Assumingly, yeah. since you're not gay, you didn't see his w- penis. He he whined like a he whined like a woman. Uh, most of Does his, your most of his uh, like actions was, would be that that you. Yeah, of course, but I, you expect mm-hmm. that. So your sister is so. some weaker in a lot of ways. She's not as smart as I am, uh, and she was worth protecting. Hmm. Why? Who cares? She's a woman. Because she's my only sister. Who cares? She's a woman. Because she's my... No, the, the idea is to make less of my moms. As few of my moms as possible. Mm. Do, you, do you see that maybe publicly supporting this mentality will make more of your moms or no? You know what? I have no idea because uh, you you might be right about that projection stuff. Yeah. Uh, because I don't concern myself too much with other people's uh, ideas of me, except when it comes into my house or when it affects my mm-hmm. life. And that's not an unhealthy uh, way. To maybe, think. maybe, 
maybe MGTOW would approach it the same way, where it's like, you know, it's going to do its thing, and we will find out um, through the vitriol what this thing's actually made of, or what the other stuff is actually made of. I'd say, definitively, mm. you're making more people like your mom by supporting MGTOW. And I would love if you work through... Can you elaborate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, my mom's mom was very likely a whore. Mm. And my and her life, you think my my life was crazy. She, and, you know, she was dragging around four kids who she couldn't take care of. My grandmother was the life of the crazy mm -hmm. party. Yeah. yeah. Like, she was something special. I think she came from hell. Cause she would she would just get tore back and just wreck stuff. She would so get her, angry. Her, her younger life, I guarantee you, was... A, Did she ever yeah. hit you? Uh, you know... Her, no, she loved the shit out of me. She would beat my brothers. Mm. That was Do you funny. know if she ever uh, uh, violated your brothers in any other way? I, you know what, I don't know who did that, but someone did. Someone in the family uh, did that. I'm not sure yeah. who. Uh, so like, you know, it's it's just hey, this is the nature of the beast. Like you're saying, it's projection. I'm calling it thick skin. Hmm. Callous, if you will. Um, I, I don't think anyone would blame you for being callous. I, I think that I probably would have a similar attitude. And so that was a sticking point between me and Tom. Uh, one of the few positive interactions we've had outside of the interview um, was him really wanting to know what I meant by, I think by supporting MGTOW, you're creating more women like your mom. You know, of course, by and large, what's creating more problems like this is societal factors. The cycle of abuse, the systems of support, misogyny. A lot of those things are causing it to start. But by creating a group which tells young boys that women are not really thinking logically, that women can lie about rape and will to manipulate you by supporting a group that indoctrinates young men to not date women and to put out angry, hateful attitudes towards them and to isolate themselves. You're continuing and causing the cycle of abuse on a micro level, on a micro level. But the fact is, is that what you're not doing is moving society towards ending these problems. You're creating more men that believe the shitty thing that creates all this abuse in the first place. And in fact, you're not even doing it on subtle societal grand scales of how things work, but you're doing it explicitly. You're explicitly telling men not to listen to women. You're explicitly telling men that women will steal from you. This is not theoretical and the way that we look at misogyny and, and, and the way the world has gone. You're specifically going out and doing it. And this idea was impossible to get across to Tom. That you're making women feel unsafe. Not just on the internet, but in their lives. And that those people are scared of men. And you're creating more abusers. And therefore they abuse women. Who become, in turn, someone who's been abused. 
and acts the way that Tom's mom acts, and then some. And this was one of these things that has been said about MGTOW, and I'll say it time and time again. They've been criticized as being anti-societal, which I think applies to their inability to want to be in relationships, which I think is bullshit, because I do think there is a lack of education on asexuality. But they've been called anti-societal, and I think that applies a lot more to Tom not understanding this, to not understanding the factors that weren't in his control, as he says, the factors that are going on in the world. And yet he is aware of it. And this is getting kind of rambly, because I don't know how to explain to someone, like, you know, the reason we're trying to protect people and protect these ideas is because they're attacked. They need protection. It's a real problem. Is Tom aware of sexual assault seemingly because he defends this person in another country? But whether that story happened or whether or not he believes that person anymore is also up in the air. Do they have an actual understanding of the struggles women have? Definitely not. But Above all else, those are just background things that someone uses to take advantage and brainwash Tom and bring him into this group and have blind spots like, you know, somehow all women are evil and I can't date anyone, but my grandma and my sister are not evil. Wonderment. I hope you feel that. And so if I'm going to answer Tom's question, do you have some doctrine? that you live by do you have it what would it be my answer would be no i don't have a doctrine i I don't know how you could live life by a doctrine i don't know why anyone would choose to live life by a doctrine i just go around i just go around and i and i and i use my mind and if there's a problem i listen to it and I hear people out i don't have a doctrine i don't know i don't know why you would live by a doctrine and the irony of, 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 of the word indoctrination being the thing that we're, we're accusing this group of saying and then being asked, where's your doctrine that you live by is not lost on me. But no, I'm not a person who's ever understood why you would live life by a doctrine. Or maybe I do. It makes things easier, right? It makes, it makes things simple. You go around, it gives you an answer, right? Maybe... That's because I'm someone who wants to ask questions. But that's pretty pretentious as well. Maybe it's because I don't really think those are good answers. (laughs) And it's pretty easy to believe an answer, even if it's not good. But again, it sounds up my own ass. And I think in the end, I don't know what to do. And in the end, I think that that's a very disturbing thing to tell people. I don't know. I don't know. Be calm. Chill out. See what's going on. Ask questions. But that doesn't get put on pillows. That doesn't get you to buy into the thing. It's not cool. It's not something you can say with a beer in your hand while staring out at the pier and someone says, oh, you're so wise. But I don't want to be that guy either. And... I think that that's my answer if Tom is listening, which I know he does occasionally, is 
I don't want to be the guy with the answer. I don't want to be the guy that he gets an answer from you. I kind of just want everybody to be okay. And if they're not okay, to kind of not affect me. Uh, but like uh, the, the dating thing was never an issue. I was always able to pick up women. It's always been a matter of, you know, what could I bring them home to? I was never going to bring it, be able to bring a girl home to the, to the shit situation that was my fucking mm-hmm. house and all of the growing up. But you, Tom, and because you're I didn't so have, like, interesting. A decent foundation. You're such a great mind. Yeah. Who, who cares what you bring them home to? You're you. They get to spend time around you. I do. All right, uh, here's the last word for anyone who's listening to this going through shit. Uh, uh, the last time I spoke with the Creator, because that's what you do when you're a Christian in prayer, I asked him to save my family, and what he said was get strong, and that pissed me off, so I asked him, how strong do I have to be before I no longer need you? And asking that question is exactly how strong you're going to be if you stick with it. That'll be the last word. If you or someone you know has experienced a hashtag cult, is trapped in a hashtag cult, or you have been affected by any group mentioned in this show, go to hashtagcult.org for resources or to get in touch with the show. We want to hear your story.